0: Welcome back to Market Scale Grow. I'm your host, Jenziah, and this is a Saturday strategy session. Today, we're going to be talking about marketing mindset and specifically data overwhelm. When there is so many numbers and so much information, it has your head spinning and you just feel paralyzed because of this. And the reason I want to talk about this is a couple of people have been in my DMs recently. And the story is the same, like I'm not a math person, numbers don't like me. And when you are marketing, there are so many numbers, especially online digital marketing like Facebook and Instagram ads. There are so many numbers that you can look at and that you can use to try and determine how successful your marketing is or isn't. I just want to, first of all, give you permission to let go, just let it go. And then let's talk about number overwhelm more deeply because it makes me really sad. First of all, numbers are really, really great at giving you clarity in a situation, but only if you know what numbers to be looking at. And that's why I highly recommend that at each step of the customer journey, you have one, maybe two, but typically just one metric that you are looking at to determine the success. So for example, for if you're running Facebook ads, when you're looking at the Facebook ad information, the single result that you may be looking at could be cost per result. And if the cost per result is in your expected range, then you can let go and you can say, okay, My click-through rate doesn't really matter. My CPM doesn't really matter. My landing page views doesn't really matter because the cost per result, let's just say it's a list building campaign. So I was hoping to get leads for less than $2. My leads are coming in at $1.58, check. So even though my CTR is only 0.6, even though my CPM is 29 and I wanted it closer to $20, I can just let those things go. I don't need to obsess over every single piece of data because I have that one piece of data, that one number, the cost per result that I am using as my, my thermometer, if you will, or my barometer. I don't know which tool I would be using, but as my like instrument to determine whether or not the ad is successful. Hey, Jenzea here. I am interrupting myself mid-episode just to let you know about my free guide, 3 Elements to a Complete Comprehensive Marketing Plan. If you've been here a while, you know that I love Facebook Ads, but I also think that they need to be part of a bigger strategy. And so to help you out, I created this guide that has the 3 elements of a complete holistic marketing strategy. And you can download this guide for free at marketscalegrow.com forward slash holistic guide. I'm super excited about it. It has tons of questions to support you, 30 plus ways that you can get started right away. And it's just a must have in marketing your business in 2023. So download it now and then let's hop back into the episode. And at the next step, so we're driving people to a landing page, what percentage of people are opting in? Ideally, you want at least 30%, but the higher it is, the better. If you have 52% of people who are opting in, great. You don't need to worry about that landing page because the metric that you determined beforehand was a 30% opt-in rate. So by going through every single step of the customer journey, Every single spot that someone needs to take an action and associating a metric to that action, something that you can measure, something that you can track helps to reduce the overwhelm because then you're not looking at the 17,000 pieces of information that are available to you. You're looking at the one piece of information that you've decided is the most important. Now back to the example of the cost per result let's just say you decided you were looking for $2 cost per lead you wanted people opting in for less than $2 and it's at $5 at that point you could dig into the other numbers to help you better understand the whole picture and to see potentially where the numbers and the other metrics are off and that could help you to determine what steps you need to take to improve it but I still want that dominant piece of information, that dominant metric to be one singular metric that you're looking at. That, like I said, will help take the pressure off of having all of these numbers and understanding what they all mean and taking them all in. And this one's a little bit high and that one's a little bit low and this one's a little bit and, 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 right. you just like, breathe easy. Tip number two is to do what you need to do as long as it takes. And by that, I mean, let's just say you are trying to build up an audience on a podcast. It might not happen immediately. Yes, there are some people that put out 10 episodes and they've had 10,000 downloads. There's other people who've put out 200 episodes and they have 10,000. Each person is on their own journey. But if Creating an audience through a podcast is one of the things that you're looking to do something that you really think is important and you want to do. Then what are the action steps that you need to take to move forward on that goal? So turning away from the numbers, especially at the beginning, when you're first launching that podcast, you don't need to be looking at your downloads every single episode, just letting it go and saying, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get this podcast up and running for as long as it takes. Or if that's a little bit too like big for you, you can say, I'm going to podcast every single week. I'm going to put out an episode every single week for three months or for six months or whatever time frame you think is manageable. And then at the end and only at the end of that time, then you can use the numbers to help you decide. But in that initial time period, you're building up the consistency and the habits and figuring out all of the other pieces and you can really just let the numbers go. Permission to let the numbers go. My third tip is just think about more traditional media and more traditional marketing. Things like television or radio ads, bulletin boards, or flyers in a newspaper there is a lot less information about those and that the person who's putting the advertisement out, there's a lot less information shared and less data and less metrics available in traditional marketing than in online marketing. But you still see realtors who have billboards up constantly. I can tell you the top, not the top, like actually top three, but I could give you three realtor names in my area based solely on those billboards because they always have billboards up. Always. I drive by them to go to the grocery store and coming back from the grocery store and to go to the spin class and to come home from my spin class. I see their face and their name. If I saw them at the grocery store, I would recognize them. That's how often I see them. But what's the likelihood if I were to hire one of them and they asked me like, why did you hire? Would I necessarily say, well, it's because of the billboard? Like, I don't know. I don't know. How much money does PepsiCo and Frito-Lay, how much money do they put into television ads every single year? Millions. But when I go and buy a bag of Lay's potato chips, and I'm not buying original, I am buying salt and vinegar. So when I go and buy my salt and vinegar Lay's potato chips, nobody is asking me, why did you purchase Lay's? It probably has something to do with every single time I watch TV, which is not very often. We don't actually even have cable. But every single time I do watch TV, I see a Lay's commercial or a PepsiCo commercial. Also, my husband works for Frito-Lay. So he works for them. So I kind of like have to buy. But um, <laughs> like that's what determines what kind of orange juice that comes into our house. What brands of pop come into our house. We have to support his company. Anyway, that's a total, total side note. But nobody at the cash is saying, why did you pick these salt and vinegar chips versus the store brand salt and vinegar chips? Frito-Lay, PepsiCo, they're just trusting that these millions of dollars that they're putting into TV ads are working. Brand recognition, visibility, they're getting it out there. And so I'm not saying that because PepsiCo pours millions of dollars into their advertisements, you should also pour millions of dollars into your advertisements and not look at the numbers. That's not what I'm saying at all. PepsiCo has an entire marketing department that their entire jobs every single day of their life is all about this, right? But I just want you to just consider how you can kind of flip the script a little bit and take the pressure off of The numbers and really like needing to know all the numbers and needing to obsess over all the numbers and really needing to understand all of the numbers. And it kind of does go back to number one, which is picking those very specific metrics to track, knowing what you're trying to track. And so those billboards that the realtors are putting up, those are visibility ads. They just want their face, their name out there as much as possible. And so I'm sure the billboard company has stats about. You know, there's approximately or an average of a thousand cars that drive by in the morning for during rush hour, and then a thousand cars that drive by in the afternoon for rush hour, and then there's a thousand cars that drive by the rest of the day. So, you know, we have like 3,000 cars on average per day or whatever, right? Like I'm just totally pulling numbers out. And so they're looking at those numbers and saying, yes, this billboard is worth those 3,000 views every single day. Allowing your marketing to do its work, to help you be more visible, help you to grow your email list, knowing that the numbers are there and the data is there, like with the podcast example, when it is time to start looking at it, once you're consistent, once you have that habit, and just taking a deep breath. Emily Hirsch is a huge name in Facebook ads. She always says, marketing always works. It's just a matter of when. And what she's talking about is following the numbers, following the data and really making the appropriate tweaks and changes to your messaging, to your positioning, to your offers as necessary because eventually marketing does work. But it takes consistency. It takes brand recognition, visibility increasing over time. And so there is definitely a balance of knowing your numbers And picking the right ones to track, but then also not over obsessing about every single little number and really getting caught up and overwhelmed by the numbers. So, if you take anything away from this episode, it's number one, just take a deep breath. And number two, attach a metric to each of the pieces, each of the actions someone might be taking so that you can see at each step are they meeting the metric that you want? Are they meeting that goal? or does something need to change at that step of the journey? Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day and I'll be back next week with another brand new episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of Market Scale Grow. I'm so thankful that you've taken some time out of your busy schedule to make me part of your journey. If you love this podcast, don't forget to share it with your friends and then head to your favorite podcast app to subscribe so that you won't miss next week's episode or any of the upcoming ones. And if you loved it, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that other people can find this podcast and we can impact teachers and teacher business owners around the world. Thank you so much for listening and I'll be back in your ears next week with another Saturday Strategy Session.